Coming soon to video cassette. What's up, you fine fellas and fancy freaks? It's Screaming the Vault. You know, you're Disney. You think, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Do it again. Exploit it. Make another movie out of a movie that was good to begin with. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We are Screaming the Vault. I'm Audrey. With me is my dear friend, Jimmy. Hey. And my dear friend, Dan. Hi, we've known each other for two years. Dear, dear friends, <laughs> this is the show. Here we are. Welcome. I was calling back to, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying the dear friend thing isn't true. I'm just calling back to our improv, our, our tutorial <laughs> on how to do good improv. Oh, yeah. Repeat things three yes, times. And. Yeah. Remember that, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. Dear, dear. Yes, I remember dear. that, Dan. <laughs> Dan, Dan, How about Dan. you, Audrey? Do you remember Dan talking about how to do good improv? With that's... you, Jimmy? What? Yes, Audrey. That's Dan Pressler Linkletter Pepsi. I don't remember that. I'm on. on a boat. And Let me this just... is a stormy sea. Arg. Let me just unload the dishwasher now. Oh, no. You walked through the door. <laughs> oh, that's no. a door. Jimmy, you are you done cutting those carrots? <laughs> Yes, Dan. How are the dishes? Are they dry? I don't know. Audrey, why don't you come lick them and tell me? Are you ending? This isn't real. None of this is real, and you're making it up on the spot. And no. No, but. No. No, it's yes and, Audrey. Yes and. No, but. No, but no, okay. but no, 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 but. <laughs> it's been a while since we recorded together. And yeah, we, it sure we has. Kids in a candy store. Yeah, it's like I the, think the last. The last time was outdoors, live on location in the beautiful Japanese garden at Balboa Park. That's right. We were at the beautiful oh God, Japanese are, tea garden in that lovely San Diego, California. But then we, we, we hopped on a flight. We hopped That's on right. an airplane ride, and mm-hmm. I was suddenly transported to my home home in Woodenville. And that's uh, what what is this? The recap episode? This is the this is the best of episode. <laughs> and and what what's scary is that we Kathy Lee picked us up on her plane, and just after that, Regis Philbin passed, mm. and we cast Wilford Brimley in the remake of the Pirates of the Caribbean, and he passed. So I would just like to make special mention of what I think <laughs> is going to be a great reboot starring Pierce Brosnan. Mm. As, <laughs> I have nothing against Pierce Brosnan. That's the first name that came. Sorry. <laughs> well, if, I, I, if we have a mystical power like this, then maybe mm-hmm. we should, I don't know, invite certain world leaders onto our show. <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but I yeah. think Polly Shore is in this movie quite a bit. Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. We saw an extremely goofy movie. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> it was extreme. <laughs> yes, it was. It was so extreme. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I only have so I only have a few, so be sparing. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they're extremely limited? <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of them is is for special special use. So just like yeah. some college kids, we're gonna blow our load early on this whole extreme <laughs> oh, thing. <laughs> There's a lot of horniness in this movie. (laughs) For some reason, I pictured a dog doing that cute thing where they go like, you know, they tilt their head and their ears kind of flop. Uh, yeah. what that guitar sound sounded like so for those of you playing at home uh we are on an extremely goofy movie which was technically the 16th straight to video film but we are focusing here at scraping the vault on straight to video disney sequels mm-hmm. and you may be wondering how come you didn't do Pooh's seasons of giving because it's not on disney plus how come you didn't do uh hercules the other hercules because it's not on disney plus uh and so, right, so we are doing so right in to disney plus it's uh bob at bob disney at plus care of, care of bob <laughs> attention bob care of other bob mm-hmm. retiring bob so it's yes. it, you can start the here's your temper priority to dear bob. current bob mm-hmm. and then just fill it <laughs> And so, then at some point you can say, if you don't know how to do any of this, ask the previous mom. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Poor Bob Chapek. I mean, I, I, I swear uh, other Bob knew like something, right? Because this coronavirus has been kind of around since late winter last 2019. And it's like there's something he just knew it because like day one, he, he's out and the stock price goes to hell. <laughs> COVID hits, the business falls apart, and and Iger is sitting back going, "That wasn't me." <laughs> <laughs> I oh like to think of them as like you know how kids refer to step parents as new dad or new mom. So mm-hmm. Bob Iger is just Bob. Bob Chapek is oh, new yeah. Bob. <laughs> new, new Bob. I didn't realize these were real Bobs. I thought you were making up Bobs, but now I I'm aware nope. they're actual Bobs existing in Disney. Yep, from, <laughs> that is extreme. From Eisner to Iger, Bob to Bob. Bobathon. Yes, it feels like a Bobathon. We watched a, an extremely goofy movie. I, I watched a goofy movie, which is this is the sequel to that film, which was a theatrical release, a goofy movie, and it was a touching father and son tale. Yeah, I'm too. Yeah, I'm not your little boy anymore. And you know, you're wacky. And then you're my little boy. And we just what happened to us? And then they go on this cross country trip, and and they just kind of figure each other out. And and at the end, you know, I'm not a little boy, but I'm still your son. And Mm. um, and they did it again. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't (laughs) fix it. Exploit it. It's a cash cow. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like a cash grab in a way. Oh, yeah. Right. But like this show has grabbing. always been called uh, Scraping the Vault. That's yeah. Right. Dan, what are you talking about? I, I feel like you just threw that in there, like like the name wasn't always Scraping the Vault or something. Mm-hmm. No, that's, why, that's peculiar that you would say that. You're hiding a secret from us. Why I have been hiding? hiding a secret, and um, I'm going to reveal this secret, and it is... 
In the year of oh. 2000, oh. that's when this movie came out, the concerns over Y2K passes without the serious widespread computer failures and malfunctions that have been predicted. State of Vermont passes HB 847 legalized civil unions for same-sex couples. Microsoft releases Windows 2000, and boy, was it, oh man, it was worth great. Uh, AOL and Time Warner merge. Uh, the dot-com bubble bursts and thousands of dot-coms go bust. Uh, faulty Bridgestone Firestone tires on the Ford Explorer range blamed for nearly a hundred fatalities. Actually, I wanted to do this in a different order. I'm going to go to movies. Uh, top ten movies. You'll understand why I'm doing this later. Uh, number ten is what lies was what lies beneath. Uh, number nine, X-Men. Oh, and some would say that that movie was The Perfect Storm, but <laughs> no, The Perfect Storm was actually number eight. Number seven was Meet the Parents. Number six was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Stole, stole, I'm going to keep it. Stole the Christmas. Uh, number five, Dinosaur. Uh, number four, What Women Want, starring a delightful Mel Gibson. Uh, number three, Castaway. Number two, Gladiator. Number one, no, it's not Tom Cruise as James Bond. It's Mission Impossible 2. And number 38 was Fantasia 2000. Um, back to world event. <laughs> uh, NASDAQ peaks at a large number that I'm not going to read just before the dot-com bubble bursts. Uh, destructive computer virus, I love you, spread by email, shuts down computers worldwide. The first draft of human genome handed over to society was handed over to society. And remember that delightful U.S. presidential election trying to put it behind you in your mo- memory? Well, here it is now. The 2000 Republican challenger, George W.W.W. Bush, defeats uh, Democrat Vice President Al Gore. Final outcome is not known for over a month because of disputed votes in Florida. Hmm. Uh, the final oh, New Peanuts comic strip was published during February. And 300 gallons of black sludge is released into the Mississippi River, causing an environmental disaster. And speaking of sludge being released, the popular <laughs> online community DeviantArt is launched during oh, August God. 2000. Yay! Yeah, DeviantArt's going to come into play in this episode, I have a feeling. <laughs> oh, it sure is. Mm, um, yeah. So, do we have a preview? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just get right into it. He's a son going off to college. Going already? See ya. Goodbye, my little college man. And going for the extreme adventure. Let's do it! I'm just a yearning for some learning. Next February and only on video. One goofy dad is about to learn how to groove. Great song. Disney presents a movie that proves no matter how old you are, you never stop learning. That family comes first, even if your dad is goofy. Dad, you're scaring people. An extremely goofy movie. Shredding onto video. Mm -hmm. Leap Day 2000. Leap Day. Leap Day. Yeah. What an extreme choice for a release. <laughs> yeah oh um, my god yeah so much in that so that movie's preview. only like two years old now four years old then because you know leap years 
It's <laughs> oh yeah, right, good point. Right. Every eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, did we have a leap year this year? I think uh, we did. Four yeah, we did. Every we did. four years, right? Yeah. That was five leap years. So he's five years old. This movie, or wow. four, I guess, if that's his birthday. Age so well. many parallels. I'm sure it was an unintentional, Dan, but so many parallels in your 2000, 20 years ago, even numbered year uh, ending in a zero with elections and uh, leap years. A lot of parallels. Yeah. But it feels like 20 years ago was much more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway. <clears throat> yeah so uh, a goofy movie extremely goofy movie my here's what i thought was going to happen because i just saw a goofy movie a couple weeks ago um now my, it's so goofy and max have now grown very close and max grows into adulthood right mm-hmm. however max has to go off to college and i read the summary of the movie so i know what happens <laughs> <laughs> and that's cheating Goofy loses his job and goes to meet Max at college and they do some extreme sports. There's conflict and then they are friends again. The last part I assumed. Yeah. There you go. Good guess. I I usually when going, getting, going, go. Okay. Hold on. Mm. You can, you can do this. Okay. (laughs) You've got this. Okay, so um, usually when we get into these, I have a pretty clear, if not kind of absurd idea of what I think the movie is going to be. I got nothing. Like I, I feel like I'm failing. Like I, but it Mm -hmm. just, like I can stretch. I can try to come up with something that's like you know, just to be funny. But I Mm -hmm. truly like before watching this movie, I was just like. It's just going to be another like movie that no that nobody cares about. I, you know that's a reasonable statement. the The thing is that you said something that jogged my memory. You said uh, you know you feel like you're failing, right? You're mm-hmm. you're currently in school, mm-hmm. getting an advanced degree, mm-hmm. and I went to Disney World this last weekend, um, and I I slept okay for the weekend. It was a really nice time, relaxed, heart rate down. It was, you know, it was weird, which I'll get into on another podcast. But um, I had nightmares over and over again that I was going places and I forgot my mask. No. And it's it's like, it's like the, for those of you who are familiar, the actor's nightmare, it doesn't matter how old you are, you still have nightmares about going on stage and you never learned your lines. Yes. It's the new actor's nightmare. <laughs> I, didn't wear, I didn't bring my mask. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Audrey, what did you think? Well, uh, I wrote something really good down. Great. Um, I had a really good, it's a really awesome, um, I, uh, I actually, I didn't write anything down for what I thought. (laughs) I, here's my excuse. I was that I watched this movie with my mom because she was visiting from home. She was visiting for a few days and I was like, mom, I got to watch this movie because I'm recording this podcast, whatever weekend it was. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we, we couldn't make it happen because life got in the way. That sounded so deep. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So I was watching it with my mom and she was asking me questions about me taking notes. She's like, so you just watch the movie and take notes. And I'm like, Exactly. Um, so I asked her if she wanted to take some notes and watch with me. And Ooh. so I did. I handed her a few 
sheets of paper and she took some notes down and she was like, what do you take notes on? I'm like, I don't, anything that pops to mind, you know, like if you're watching it and you think that was a nice color for that character's t-shirt, you can write it down. Or like, you know, this is talking about uh, empty nester syndrome. Maybe I c- that makes me feel something inside. So I'm going to write that mm. down. Um, and then she she gave up about halfway through the movie because she's like, yeah. I don't really like this movie. And Can't blame her. she has very different taste in movie movies in general from me. Now, how Most often media. did she comment? How often did she comment about how incredibly <laughs> awkwardly attractive these girl characters are? She commented on that exactly zero times. Oh, just me. And, <laughs> and uh, what's that website again? Art? <laughs> yeah. Art. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not going to. I'm just, just going to say. You're going to um, turn safe search off. Right. Yeah. I, I I think, um, you know, I know that a lot of a lot of children listen to these podcasts and uh, naturally. So um, uh, parents, you might want to just like forward a few minutes before we get into. Um, I'll wait. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so r- rule 34 is very strong with this movie and um, and the franchise in general. And I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I guess I can. Is this, is this where fur is this? This is not. I want to make it clear. This is not necessarily a Fifi situation for me. Which I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes this better or worse. I don't know That's if a Fifi I, situation. That, that'll come up again later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other from Beauty and the Beast twelve or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And Odd attraction, very brief, very very brief. Fleeting attraction to the Fifi, very brief. I think for me, I think for me, it was more like I went in knowing that there's a ton of rule rule thirty four y stuff out there. What's Uh, rule thirty four? If it exists, Um, there's porn of it. Yeah. Oh, what's rule thirty three? I don't know. That's a good question. Rule thirty three is a an exclusive uh, rule that you have to wait seven to ten years to be told what it is. And you pay like ten thousand dollars, and celebrities know the rule, and mm-hmm. they serve alcohol. In the oh world. yeah, they gotta measure your thetan levels too. Yeah, and rule twenty nine is don't go swimming thirty minutes after eating. Right, right. Is that rule true? Sixteen, is don't that... break glass or mirrors. Seven years, bad luck. Yeah. Don't put a ceiling fan in your bedroom because it'll chop up your dreams. Ooh! Wow. <laughs> Um, <laughs> superstitions are extreme. Um, so, so, uh, yeah. Um, so I think when I watched the first movie, knowing this and the, certainly this one, for me, it was more like a, eh, yeah, I guess I see it, but it wasn't necessarily a like, oh yeah, I totally see it. However, what? huh? The, the, Sorry, am I the weirdo here? No, You're well, talking about I the mean, furry thing or the attraction to the to the characters. Got I, it. I want to say, Jimmy, I don't think you are the 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 weirdo in a general sense because it's it's a I mean it's a thing. Um, I think you might be the weirdo in this situation within the three of us. But I mean, uh, I had a minor crush on a, a feather duster. I mean, Fifi. Oh, <laughs> Hello. Oh, no. 
Oh, yes. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm good with the words, but the emotions uh, is keeping me. All right. <laughs> okay. So since uh, neither of you have anything written down and I cheated, um, we don't know what's going to happen in this movie. But would you like to know what actually happened in this movie? Yes. Uh, before we move on, I just want to briefly add that I have seen this movie a couple of times before I rewatched it for this episode. Really? Yeah. So this was not your first time? It was not my first time. I find so, the Goofy movies quite enjoyable. All right. Mm-hmm. Not for the furry be- reasons, just because I, I think they're fun. Well, and I want to add, too, that, that there's there's a, it's not just the female characters. There's a ton of fan art out there, out there involving Max. You know um, what? I think it is. I'm not a furry. I do know someone who I'm pretty sure is. I think it's that it's the anthropomorphized animal in such a way that it's not so animal. Like, it's not like Balto, where it's like, this is just a dog. It's like, this is almost 100% a human looking being that also happens to be a dog. And they act normally and they don't have like really animal, animalistic tendencies in their yeah. in their actions and their, their design and their portrayal. Human hair, cute button noses. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it's the way I've learned about furries is that, you know, there's there's obviously the like, I just want to have sex in a fursuit furry, but then there's also the furry where it's just like I identify as right. a humanoid deer or humanoid um, catfish or something. I don't know, you know, like <clears throat> they just see their their personalities in that way, and that's why I think this like they can map themselves easily on these characters in this movie because right. they're not so. Yeah, they're they're more human. Yeah, right. And then yeah. just to clarify, I, I don't, I just don't necessarily understand or relate to the furry thing. I, you know, whatever, right. whatever, whatever you're, in, Jimmy, whatever you're into, you know. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that seriously. I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like, oh, furries are gross. It's just, yeah, it's just that this movie at some point I was like, is this how, is this where, or is this the meeting? Is this furry light? Is this, I mean, this is, this is certainly on the radar. And, and the, well, the context is college and like, that's. Yeah. Experimental baby. Right. Mm. And also, I don't know. It's just like, typically like, what's your idea of college? It's like, it's a big drug fueled alcohol bender orgy plus learning. An extreme sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's adult. All right. So here is are we ready to move on? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's what actually happened in this movie. Uh we open with Goofy who's being goofy mm. with an opening credit logo. Comedy. Right into it. Physical comedy. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's a lot of that, but then there's there's a goofy making sexual innuendo at the same time. It, it, this is a weird movie. All right, so we open on Max and his and his pals. That's Bobby and PJ. Uh, they're skating and doing extreme sports. This is an extremely sporty movie. And uh, is Polly Shore back? Is that actually Polly Shore? Sure. Is. <laughs> so, so Goofy is decorating for an off to. Oh, by the way, every anything I'm saying to you, just assume that it's followed by some kind of Goofy antics. Okay. Yeah. So Goofy's decorating for an off to college party for Max, Pete, and Bobby. Or excuse me, so for Max and Pete is cooking on the grill. That's okay. my favorite so, bit of comedy. The masking tape part? Yeah. Oh, it's just classic. 
All right. So first of all, the first thing I want to unpack here, Goofy's a dog. Yes? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Pete is a cat. Yes. So why is Pete the dominant one in this relationship? Have you been in a household with a cat and a dog? Uh, no. Yeah, cats will definitely cats let the dog know. Yeah, that, yeah. So you think they're friends, but they fight like ducks and chipmunks, right? That's the phrase, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Max, <laughs> Max and friends are each sharing their thoughts about going off to college. Max is excited to be away from his thoughtful but goofy and overbearing father, while Pete's kid is lamenting the fact that his father is counting the days until he he can turn his room into a bowling alley. Yeah. The three of them, including Polly Shore, are most excited about winning the college X Games. First freshman team to win. They're determined to beat the five-time champs, the Gammas. Now, is, is that meant to be a joke? Is that meant to be a joke? Because most college careers are four years and the Gammas have already won five times and they're going to play again for presumably a sixth time. Is this a team with rotating players or just like a Van Wilder type situation where they stay in college because they don't know what their lives will be without college X Games? These are extreme sport frats. I think think because they don't want to – I think the – they want to get into like college life and and frat stuff. And by the way, is was college ever like this? I went to a theater sort of school, so I I got nothing. I did go to SDSU, which is a party school, but I was like thirty five. So um, I don't know that this is anyone's actual college experience, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be. They want to go into frat stuff because that's what you do in a college movie, but they don't want to just, I don't think they want to say we're joining a frat. So instead it's, we're going to join extreme sports. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, and and this movie is the most 90s movie of all time, which oh, boy. I will get into that here in a little bit. But so Goofy... They're still at the backyard barbecue, and this is presumably Goofy's house because he's decorating. Okay, now Pete is cooking on the grill, but you know, who knows? Nice grill setup, by the way. And also, all the characters have this really attractive glow about that, like the lighting and the 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 animation is quite pretty. It it is, and we'll get to it in the power rankings where this just feels like another departure, like Pooh. It doesn't feel like the traditional musical sequel. Although a goofy movie was a musical and I was expecting it, there was a lot of musical montages, but no like outright musical numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So now, so Goofy is watching the boys and their excitement, and he laments the fact that they grow up so fast. And Pete says to his kid, "I can't miss you if I don't if you don't leave." So just the the difference between the "I can't miss you if you don't leave," he says to his child. Yeah, right. they say and, absence yeah. makes the heart grow fonder, but it's actually quite the opposite presence makes the heart grow fonder or presence makes the heart grow uh less fond well i mean if you get a present then obviously you're gonna be happier oh no 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 presence like i'm in your like presence and what? fond is something you get on the bottom of your pan when you're um caramelizing meat right. as a result oh, of the maillard reaction audrey mm. are you telling us that you got us a present and it's a pan 
with meat juice. Look under your chairs. <gasps> oh my gosh, Audrey, how did you do that? That's magic. <laughs> <laughs> so goofy then joins the group watching max on the half pipe so goof or max is really good on the half pipe he's skating around and goof says goofy says with some surprise how good max is at that quote-unquote boarding stuff so let me get this straight there is a well-constructed half pipe in what is presumably Goofy's backyard and this quote-unquote overbearing and caring parent is now, just now, noticing how good his son is at skateboarding. You know, I think it's not, I think it's Max's backyard or well, the Max other guy. Do you think Pete's backyard? I think it's Pete's backyard because the grill was so like Pete. Because yeah. I remember Pete in the first movie has this crazy RV with a bowling alley. That's true. And... Mm. Mm-hmm. And he did grill. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. But then they've got the horseshoe pit, and that seems like a goofy thing to have. I don't. It know. does. He's very good at it, which will become a running theme. Horseshoe. Uh, pit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so, but goof. So Max's last name is Goof, right? Yeah. No. Don't get me started. Max so, Goof. Does that mean that Goofy's full name is Goofy Goof? I think I it's like so. Steve Goof, and people just call him Goofy. Goofy. Oh. Michael Goof. That's like, like you know, how people call you uh, Link Letter Pepsikins. <laughs> they call me Linky. Linky, exactly. Because <laughs> that's like your last name, and that's, right. that's, I think that's what it is, and I have that exact thing written down. <laughs> they call me Pre- Pressy Linky. <laughs> Pressy Linky is your nickname. Famously, it's been your nickname for years. For as long as you've known me. But your first name is Dan. Right. Right. All right. I think we've come to an agreement. So, And your last anyway. name is Redacted. <laughs> it's Pressler Linkletter Pepsi. Clearly yes. it says so on our website. Anyway, so Goofy is concerned that Max is going to only focus on X Games and not make something of himself through his studies. So Max feels like if he does X Games well, that that will be making something of itself. So it seems, guys, that they need to reconnect in an off-the-cuff, wacky adventure where lessons are learned and they can reconnect and find out what really matters. Well, that's good because they're in a movie. That's good. If only. (laughs) I wish I was in a movie. (laughs) Do they have enough supporting characters to aid them on their journey? <laughs> or do they? Uh, so then, so here's another part that I just find absolutely fascinating. So Goofy teaches the, a lesson to the boys with the old horseshoe lesson. <laughs> so he inadvertently tosses a horseshoe, which lands in a giant bowl of mashed potatoes that Pete is holding, which splashes all over Pete. Yeah. This is only after a roll of masking tape, which Goofy is using to put up the good luck at college sign, trips Pete up earlier while grilling. Again, why are these people friends? Yeah. It's a very uh, good question. I can only imagine that, like, maybe they like, maybe it's like a super, like, uh, codependent kind of thing. Like, yeah. Pete needs an excuse to yell, and, like, the family doesn't put up with it anymore. So, right. It's like, yeah, hey, he's definitely it. manipulative. Yeah. Well, I mean, he clearly in Steamboat Willie, he's, yeah. 
I mean, he's got all those animals and he sets Mickey up to, you know, abuse them all. Yeah, that's true. Maybe and that's why I know he's a cat. They could both right. be Republicans. <laughs> could be. And Goofy is just global <laughs> enough. Um, so Goofy's lecturing the boys. This is another part. Goofy's lecturing the boys, all three of them, PJ, Max, and uh, and Bobby. Polly Shore. And he says, so they, they all recite this in an exasperated unison. It's about staying focused on your goals. So these three boys knows what he's about to say. Like they've heard it like a thousand times. So why is Goofy lecturing them so often? And what Goofy lecturing about focus? I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, I have it in my notes and I was, I was going to skip it, but it's a really good joke, but only in a specific sense. Uh, Goofy didn't have a good transition plan. Um, so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, huh. There's like one person, at least one person and not besides me listening to that and going, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, you know, that's just, our listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So moving on. Uh, we cut to Max getting ready for going off to school. Goofy wants to help Max pack. So he mentions that he won't be there to help Max every day. And then he puts his old stuffed bear in the suitcase, you know, like a little childhood bear. Mm-hmm. And Max is not having any of that, right? They, they then tug of war over the bear, which flies off hits the wall, then to the bed, then falls off the bed onto the floor. Now, I get that this bear tug of war and falling off the bed is probably a metaphor for their relationship or something like that. But all I could think of is, why was this stuffed animal not a Mickey Mouse doll or like a Winnie the Pooh? I mean, this was the Eisner era, like Synergy and Cobra Crossroads all over those main releases. What gives Mikey eyes? (laughs) Well, what's funny is that like, there's actually people, uh, and I saw this while I was going down the rabbit hole of uh, fan art. There's a lot of really disturbing stuff out there. I'm just going to say it. Um, but anyway. Um, I've already said it. Yeah. No one asked you to Don't, go down that rabbit hole, by the way. You just did that. I did it. Look, I did it because I, I wanted to post the pictures on right. our messenger chat and make make everybody squirm. But sure. instead, I just made myself squirm because there's some there, – it's bad. You were playing with fire, my friend. Yeah. I think – at one point you said the internet is going to win this battle for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. But in the first movie, people were having issues with there being Mickey mouse, like product placement. Cause it, it like kind of, it makes the world kind of weird where it's like, okay, well is like Mickey hit dad's super famous friend and, so by extension dad should also be super famous it wasn't i don't think it was trendy yet it wasn't trendy to have a bunch of in jokes like that in animated movies like now i think it's much more um common yeah but i think it's an issue jimmy i know because if he's so famous then so too should goofy be famous right because they're in like stuff together yeah they're buddies. What if they did like a Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but with Goofy oh and Mickey and oh. Minnie? Oh, DeviantArt. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it would no. be a strange show. But like they were yeah. famous for no good reason. 
other than just being like looking. Oh my god! That, oh, we need to make this show. <laughs> That's both a wonderful and terrible idea. And the I love it. the teddy bear scene made me think of when I went to college and I chose to leave my baby blanket at home um, because oh. you know you don't take that to college, I guess. But then I you totally don't. took it with me when I moved here well Maybe college not. is your, like your I, kind of beginning of independence whereas when you kind of are living on your own you want all the nostalgia and all the childhood you can get right that's fair yeah i Maybe did so. leave my entire collection of raroni kenshin manga at home though i didn't take that with me when i moved here yeah it was, that's fair i left all my garbage pail kids <laughs> it's too bulky so wait a minute yeah. neither of you took your baby blanket to college no i don't think i had one Maybe that's why it was weird for me. Because mm. I was. So like, how's your therapist doing, by the way? Just doing great. I mean, I was like thirty-five <laughs> and in college, so. Well, you needed a blanket. I mean, damn, thirty-five. I thought you were my age. Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, <laughs> future, past, time travel. The days of future past. <laughs> I think All that's right. an X-Men yeah. movie. Yes, it is uh, a terrible one. Um, so Goofy then gives Max a very heavy gift. So they're back back in the bedroom, tug of war with the bo- tug of war with the bear because they're dogs. Not because they're dogs. Mickey, not Mickey Mouse bear, not Winnie the Pooh bear, but a just regular old bear. Uh, then Goofy gives Max a very heavy present, and in a moment in time snapshot, this is the nineties ish sentence said in this movie. I think Max says. Is it one of those combo TV, CD, VCR, laptop, scanner, fax things? (laughs) Verbatim. Combo TV, CD, VCR, laptop, scanner, fax things. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, then he's disappointed when he learns that it is a family heirloom typewriter, I think it was. Those are so hip right now. Like if you have a typewriter as like a whatever year old and you're – my dad's calling me. Speaker right. phone. Speaker phone. Let <laughs> me answer this. I'm actually kind of curious. Sorry. Hi, Dad. All right. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm Speaker good. Phone. Dad, how are you? Uh, is you be you Dad. Okay. Yeah, everything's fine. Honey, uh, something I need to talk to you about. It's about your mother. Well, yeah, I don't know. You know, just, uh, I don't know. What's, I'm actually, so I'm recording a podcast right now. Uh, how's that medication working out for you? Okay, I'll call you. Is it on the network of some kind? Do people listen? Um, <laughs> and scene. It's my dad. Yeah, we were filling in the blanks of what he was saying. I heard something and then was distracted, and you know, it's hard to answer the. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's riveting radio. So, um, so he gets the typewriter, which is evidently very hip for the something somethings of the world. Um, so then Goofy wishes Max good night, and Max then grabs his old stuffed bear and sleeps and in a pair of jeans. Who yes. sleeps in jeans? What a f- monster! <laughs> what an absolute monster! Hmm. Oh, and he is. Oh, it gets worse. Ugh. He proves it. So the next morning, Goofy is making breakfast. He's very excited. He's His so son's domestic. going off to college. I love it. He's very domestic. He's got an apron. Mm. He's got a robe. Mm. Um, so Max speeds in, speeds out, excited to go off to school. Goofy sadly walks back into the house. 
And he then scans his baby's empty bedroom, only to discover that the old stuffed bear is still there. And in a very relatable, touching moment, he holds the bear and cries. <clears throat> and guys, I'm watching this movie. <laughs> and when my kids got home from school today, <laughs> I went and hugged them both because they're, they're young and it's like, they're not going to be here forever. My babies are not mm. going to. This podcast is changing my life, guys. It's good. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, maybe that's who this is for. That gives yeah, me a different sure. perspective. Oh, yeah. yeah. Deviant art. That's <laughs> oh, what it's no. <laughs> I feel guilty for hanging up on my dad now. <laughs> the, movie, the movie the Walt Disney Company made specifically for deviant art. <laughs> and dads who love it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because Audrey, your dad hung up. He's like, she never has time for me. Pretty much. Yeah, he's poor guy. She's on the pod thing and she's on her iPod listening to music. <laughs> it's more important than her father. He is going to um, ask me about politics, though, and I really don't want to talk about it. It's the worst. Yeah. Um, so we cut to the boys of college. So they're driving to college in an old VW van, which is, of course, Stoner Polly Shore's van, right? And they're lost on their way. And in a very, very goofy slash Clark Griswold manner, they find themselves off-road only to happen to just, like, land on campus. Uh, yeah. How are they not dead? Yeah, exactly. It's so like many good, times. It's a good thing they haven't had alcohol yet. Maybe they have. Mm, I don't know. But yeah, introduce they that. They were driving erratically. Oh boy. This movie is I like the departure of it because I look, I didn't I didn't love I didn't love or hate it. It was just kind of like, oh, it's a movie and it's on. Um and but I did appreciate how it was so cartoony, which it needs mm-hmm. to be for this character. Like if it mm-hmm. I think I think part of if I had any predictions, part of it was like I was concerned that it would be too much of a movie like a like like you know like respecting the rule the rules of reality too much oh sure you know what i mean but this was just straight up cartoon but extended yeah but it's the same time that was it was extremely realistic in some of the depictions of the female characters and some of the male characters (laughs) right also a cartoon but also the most predictable movie like i i write commentary and, and it's like I was writing what happened next before that scene even happened because I just knew what was going to happen. The other thing you'll find if you're listening to this is is that I'm going to go through this pretty much beat by beat. And you're going to think to yourself like, well, what happened to that part where this thing happened? It's like it didn't happen. We jumped from introduction to like long-term relationship in seconds, right? Yeah. There's, just, there's a lot of implied. There's a lot of montage, right? This could have been a two and a half hour movie, but you know, thank God it wasn't. It but yes, felt like it, one at times. It sure did. Um, anyway, so we're we're back on campus. The boys are now touring the campus in their in their VW bus, and they come across the famed Gamma House. And on the doorstep, none other than my favorite character's title name, the legendary Bradley Uppercrust the Third. The most punchable face animated oh yeah they did that they did the character design on that character so so well really yes they did did. 
Yeah, he is the college X Games king. So then we cut to Goofy at work. Okay, now he works at the Beacons Toy Company. Oh, okay. I love this moment. I was I was inspired and I it reminded me of Metropolis, the Fritz Lang movie. Because it was very like oh, yeah. cog yeah, yeah. in the machine. Uh, uh, interesting. So but here's my question. So again, we got bee beacons, bees, bees make honey, bears like honey. Where is Pooh? I'm mm. just saying. Anyway, so Goofy is doing his job. It's like on an assembly line, right? At Beacons Toy Factory. I need to understand Beacons. But anyway. I think you're reading too much. You're overthinking Beacons. I think so. Maybe. But there's definitely a B on the... Anyway. So he's assembling things, thinking about Max, and then he goofies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he the, wrecks the factory. I love Lucy chocolate factory scene, but with right. Goofy. Yes. It's it because his heart wasn't in it. He's sad and he's feeling... Very sad that his son has left, and now he's a little bit aimless and lost again. As of yeah, listen, I get it, but he gets fired for re- ruining the factory. But is this like the first time he's been goofy at his job, or is this just like the last time? Like this is the last straw, goof. Good question. I just want to sure. d- double down now that uh, Goofy didn't. Hold on, Goofy didn't have a good transition plan. Um, so is that all you wrote down for the whole movie? No, I just, your one note. the thing is I was so proud of myself when I came up with that and now I'm looking at it and I'm like, why were you that? Basically I'm, I'm doubling down on it to punish myself for feeling so proud of it when I wrote it. Yeah. You're the one that has to edit this. Yeah. No, I mean, people who listen to the show shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise them. Um, but, uh, I did enjoy how, um, they kind of hearkened back to Goofy's um, Goofy's solo work as a cartoon artist um, yeah. where they would do like instructional stuff or whatever. And he would just like mess yeah, it like up. Yeah, like how to drive. Right. Before right. Kim and Chloe joined the show. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Oh, my God. Made it so I mean, now there's got to be a rule 34 of the sex tape that goofy made with kanye west right what was the sex tape that- <laughs> with who goofy is marple the librarian what i'm trying this to make movie. a reference to to kim kardashian who did she sleep with and get somewhat famous sugar ray no what is his name <laughs> baby ray sweet baby ray sugar ray who did the soundtrack <laughs> for this movie <laughs> they could they may as well have ray j ray j <laughs> That's who it was. Yeah. Jay Leno. Yes. <laughs> Ray J. Sex tape with Kim Kardashian and Ray J. One night in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's what they all have to be called now. <laughs> anyway, I so I want to get to this very important, very significant <laughs> subject for me. Hold okay? on. Let me just get what? one more crack in. One <laughs> night in Pluto. <laughs> Again, that was a wonderful segue because I want to talk about dogs. I want to talk about dogs for a minute? Okay. Okay. So, so we're back on campus, and 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 uh, Max and pals are. are <laughs> uh. 
one night in Pluto. <laughs> Uh, I'm moving on because I don't understand the joke, <laughs> which is often the case when Audrey says words. <laughs> I don't understand. Can I explain it? Do you want me to explain it? Yeah, go for it. Okay, you can edit so it. So Paris Hilton has a sex tape called One Night in Paris. Uh, uh-huh. So I was imagining like how Kim Kardashian has a sex tape, Goofy has a sex tape, and then One Night in Pluto. One Night yes. in Pluto. Cause it's very good. And then it was like Goofy and Pluto because Pluto is another dog from also a dog. So I just you, what kind of sex style do you think they use? Is it reverse, reverse cowgirl? Uh, probably the split eagle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's just be clear: just because Pluto it doesn't speak. Or I mean, he's still. Oh, he has, can't he, consent, can he? No, well, he's he he has agency. Yeah, I mean, they all he communicates non-verbally. So that's true. Um, he's I would imagine they're all in their they're like eighties at this point. I think this has gone far enough. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, but yeah. while we're talking about dogs, I, I want to continue on that subject in a less um, weird way. But uh, <laughs> so. so we cut to Max and his friends are X-gaming through the streets like they're Xing past the Gamma House. And the Gamma House guys are seeing Max's skills and like, ooh, yeah, that guy, he he makes Gamma material. And meanwhile, you know. Do you have, yes. a, do you have a ska soundtrack you can play for us, Dan? Some sort uh, of no. like butt um, butt <laughs> No, so, I, I only have really bad production music from the 60s and 70s. <laughs> it's very appropriate for this. They're scooting um, along. <laughs> so the it's the whole the whole point of this the whole premise was that Max and his friends are going to beat the gammas, right? They're like the enemy. And the gammas see Max and they're super intrigued by it and so they follow Max and then Brad Garrett is there. I think he's in he's scraping the vault all-star, I think. Brad Garrett's back. The voice is cast he, does Wait, such it, a great job in this movie. They, they give him they so much to work that. with. Agreed. Is he Jim Cummings? He's the big or oh, not quite. But I, I think three times a charm for the and Jim Cummings. <laughs> okay, so here's what I want to get to. So they're going through the town, and they pass by a local movie theater, and the movie theater is playing three films. The three films are The Goof Father. So is Goofy a movie star or does he have fa- famous family lineage? It's called The Goof Father. And then the next movie was The Goofinator. Again, mm-hmm. is Goofy a movie star or is he a famous family lineage? Is Goofy just this particular Goofy? Is he an ancestor of Mickey Mouse's friend? Maybe he was working at the factory for fun because he's a gazillionaire actor. Yeah, maybe. Maybe and this entire movie takes place in Goofy's dream. Ooh. That's that a cop-out. That's an easy explanation. He does have a dream later, which is the most psychedelic, weird-ass, oh my God. Mm-hmm. But then the third movie is Pup Fiction. Okay. So I want to unpack this, <laughs> because this is a very dog-centric world, is Everything's about dogs. They talk about fetch. They talk about training. They talk about new tricks. Is Pete a minority? Mm. Is this movie? Like, 
everything is about dogs. And then you've got Pete and his kid. Like, are they the minority in this? And is like Pete's kid PJ, like the ethnic friend that Polly Shore and and Max have? Wow. That's actually a really good question. I mean, I don't think yeah. I, to be to be fair, I don't think there's any internal logic to this at all. And it's weird that me being a huge David Lynch fan, I have any problem with that, but I, I kind of do. But I mean, you, you have an excellent point. I mean, if you're going to apply any sort of consistency or sense of world to this, then yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So it'll come up again and it'll maybe help reiterate my point, but I, I don't think anything's by accident when it comes to these things. People work on these movies for years. Like there's definitely an overtone of something. I don't think it was intending to be racist, but because you, the character designs are all somewhat similar, Goofy and Max are unique because they look a little bit more, they're not quite as anthropomorphized. They're not quite as humanoid as some of the others, but Anyway, so the the boys happen upon a coffee shop, which, by the way, needs to be celebrated because the name of this coffee shop is The Bean Scene. Yeah, mm. flicking the bean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I didn't go there, but good job. <laughs> uh, which brings me, speaking of flicking the bean, brings me to oh uh, a feather duster level hottie gets on stage and does some poetry, like, you know, beat poetry, yeah. snapping her fingers and stuff. She's, I mean, smoking hot dog, I guess. Um, Exactly. And and both PJ and Bobby are totally smitten with this girl. Meanwhile, Max is at the counter getting coffee when Bradley Upper Crust, upper crust the Third is the best thing. Ever. It really is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot in this movie to be super critical of. Mainly just, mm-hmm. I think just, it's weird. Like the movie itself is, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like anything happened. I don't feel like I watched a movie or anything, but there are single moments that are like, or single like elements, like the, the upper crust thing that it's just like, okay, good one. <laughs> yeah. And the bean scene. That's good. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's coffee. It's, uh, it's a clever title. Um, like central perk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bradley Uppercrust the third comes behind him to recruit him to the Gammas. And while Max is flattered that the Gammas would want all three of them, mm. that's PJ and Bobby as well, central conflict happens where it's only Max that they want. Mm. And Max, the loyal friend, says uh, he assures Bradley Uppercrust the third that it is all of us or none of me. And by the way, Bradley Uppercrust the third is one of those names that you just have to say the whole thing. Like you can't abbreviate it. It's, it can't be Brad. It's got to be Bradley Uppercrust the third. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've done it anyway. It's BU3. <laughs> BU3. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so then th- at that point, um, this is where the conflict between the Gammas and the Goof Troop comes into play. Okay. They, they began to tussle BU3, Six's boys on Max's buddies. They tussle and they're clearly outmatched when the hot scat lady intervenes. And it's, <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that happen. God. Let it happen. It's fine. It's no one say anything further. <laughs> However, scatting is a form of singing uh, where yes. one sings um, <laughs> sy- syllabic sounds that have no meaning and they do so rhythmically. And um, it's to a melody. Improvisation. 
it's yes yeah. it's like improvisation except you don't have to cut carrots or say anyone's name 17 times Nobody's in the tub um yeah so, there's no other definition of that word so anyway like i said hot scat lady uh intervenes <laughs> and she lays the smack down on bu3 and they all start snapping right because that's what you do in beat poetry things you snap yeah so then she joins Max's group and they snap with a not so subtle undertone of West Side Story. That's They're right. Like snapping yeah. like the gang fight undertones, right? When you're a jet, you're a yeah, jet. exactly. And there's even some like Leonard Bernstein style music playing underneath it, like yeah, exactly. You know, when you're a jet, this is a arts podcast at its core. <laughs> we lost it. So, <laughs> so you three bets max that whoever loses in the finals of the college x games will be the other team's towel boy and scene yeah yeah so anyway so th- this is another thing so so pj who's pete's son who is a cat asks bu3 if his if his inline gang can also fetch and play dead Again, is this a racist dog-centric movie? I, 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 they, those seem, yeah, those would be slurs in in the context of the movie, I think. Right? Because PJ's a cat. I think definitely this movie doesn't get made now. You know? Well, maybe. I'm way, way, way overthinking it, but I'm just, I'm just watching this and just. Because the dog thing gets shoved down your throat this whole yeah. movie, and I think that you're, I think you're overthinking it, but only in relation to uh, the time that it was made. You know, I think that what I think what you're you're identifying is absolutely there, and but I don't think that it was something that it was like, yeah, we're gonna make a movie about like, you know, and it's gonna be super racist or something. I think no, of course, just like they weren't thinking about it. They didn't. They, well, didn't, they weren't thinking to think about it in that way. It was, but this is a dog world, and, right? And so much so, like then, then Goofy's in the unemployment office, and he's in trouble after you know because he can't get another job because he doesn't have a college degree. Or what? What's going to happen with that? I arc. love the indoctrinate in the you know they're just indoctrinating people, thinking uh, they have to have degrees. That's right. So he wants a job, can't get one without a degree. The unemployment lady says before the scene cut, you're never too old to learn a new trick. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. decades of debate over whether or not Goofy is a dog. And now the movie is shoving it down our throats. Yeah, so that gives with this movie. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, dog. He's a dog now. <laughs> yeah. It's one and that so much them, so. I guess. You know, it's 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 funny what you what you're bringing up with this uh, inclusion thing brings me to an observation my former boss had about Chewbacca in Solo, a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. which is that um, when Han Solo spoilers, it's a terrible movie and spoilers about what skip I'm ahead ten seconds. Yeah, um, when Han Solo speaks Wookie, there's subtitles, like. So that we know, what oh, interesting. but they never have that for Chewbacca because there's so much exposition in the response of the other characters. Well, he's my boss's response. My boss's, my former boss's um, observation. Was, 
thanks. It was uh, his observation was that okay, so that by this means that the franchise is treating Chewbacca like a second class citizen the entire time, because right. when a human character says the language, the movie makes mm-hmm. it very important that we understand exactly the words that he said that he's saying. But when Chewbacca says it, it's like, yeah, okay, give me that wrench then, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that's yeah. that's a good point. I mean, I don't think anyone needs to like, you know, take to the streets for for this, but it's just, it's an interesting thing to notice. Do we have to like- cancel a goofy movie and cancel <laughs> an extremely goofy movie now? Um, and what was the sound effect? Teed that up perfectly. Extreme cancel! <laughs> um it's not like you have to like posthumously have carrie fisher give him a medal or anything but um all right so let's cut back to class now professor who's also jim cummings i feel like uncredited is boring the class with a lecture and enter Goofy, the newest kid in school who is dressed like a 70s pimp. Stereotype. <laughs> I love the pimp. Yeah. Outfit. He embarrasses Max to the extreme. Thank Campus you. Campus <laughs> Oh my God, I wrote that down too. Oh, I'm going to get to that because that is the, the next most 90s thing that this movie did. Uh, so we cut to the bookstore where Goofy has the most racist afro of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and my question was, is this a wig or is that his hair and his ears are like an ultimate, like an actual, like a weave? <laughs> I don't and know. That's his actual hair. Or like, it's a wig. they're like braids. Like he, he just braids yeah, them right. in the ears. I'm a yeah. tooth stylist, not a hair stylist. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so Max pulls the wig off his head and he's, then he says, you're scaring people, which was the preview. He's scaring people because he's wearing an Afro. Like, Again, this movie. Anyway. Um, so then we cut to Max's dorm. This is, again, where we get into the 90s. Um, so, because it came out in 2000, but it was obviously made in the 90s. So we cut to Max's dorm where the trio, that's PJ, Bobby, and Max. Yeah, well, okay, but it didn't take them all decade to make this movie. I mean, let's. Well, but it was like the culmination of the decade. This is like the, let's take the 90s and just bottle them all up. <laughs> <laughs> the one movie straight to video. Right. And we're going to release it in two. I think that this movie is a very good, that, that effect is a very good example of what it felt like to watch Disney be Disney at the time where it's like, okay, I, years have passed. And now here comes, uh, you know, <laughs> the Walt Disney company presents Menudo, the band, you know, where, right. it's, where it's like, okay, you had time. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Max's dorm. So, so they're lamenting the goofies there for the whole year. In the background is a poster for the college X game airing on both ESPN and ESPN two. There you are, Mikey Eisner. <laughs> you there did you it. Are. You yeah, did you it. Are. Um, so Bobby, who's Polly Shore, interjects with Goofy's fro wig on and says, a year, that's like forever. <laughs> Remember your dad being here could totally affect campus hygienics. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, any chance they could have for Polly Shore to end the sentence with ex- extra vowels? Like, we're going to have some pizza. I wonder if they wrote the script, like, showing him. Like, like, did they write, when they wrote the script, was it like, okay, now here's how you're going to be Polly Shore. Like, <laughs> do you think a vehicle for Polly Shore? Like, they wrote it for him and they pitched it like, okay, it's about this guy named Bobby. And he's got some weird friends with a weird dad. <laughs> they pitched it as his movie. I think they should call up Pauly Shore and pitch him that movie. And it will be on Disney Plus shortly. <laughs> but what's what's funny when I'm watching this, I had to actually look it up to see if it's Pauly Shore because it sounds like someone doing a bad Pauly Shore impression. Right. And that's Pauly Shore. That's like you just described yeah. Pauly Shore's career is so doing what if a bad Pauly Shore. Maybe they like were telling him to do an impression of himself. And if that's the case, I want to hear impressions of yourselves. Do quick, Jimmy, Dan, do an impression of yourself. I think I'm really smart. I know everything. Uh, what? That was me being Dan. Is that, that was what I was <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and you got one in you? That was mine. For you. It was the, that was yours. An impression yeah. of oh, yourself. Uh, uh, Talk, okay. I'm a girl. <laughs> stuff. Ah, boy joke because boy jokes are funny. Girl <laughs> problem. Oh, color's pretty. <laughs> that was spot on. Well done. Again, a very good Dan impression. Um, <laughs> anyway, so so they're upset that Goofy's going to be there, and Max is like, hey, uh, it's good, guys. Don't worry about it. We made a deal. He's not going to interfere. His life is his life, and their life is their life. And we have an immediate cut to Goofy walking, waking up the boys at 5.59 a.m. ready for school. Cute. Cut to uh, yes, very cute, and uh, yeah. I just um, I imagine that room smells awful. Oh, terrible! Yeah, he wasn't wearing jeans, though. That's good. He wasn't jeans. Yeah, you need yeah, airflow. You do. Also, jeans are um, outside pants, and you know when you sleep, you don't want you want to keep your outside clothes outside of your bed clothes. Yeah. Do you change your clothes when you get home? Like somebody said to me once, like, I don't sit on my couch with the clothes I wore outside because no, I wore those outside. That's crazy. Yeah, that's I'm too not, much work. I'm not some OCD weirdo like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> that was just his shoes. He didn't change his pants in front of the kids. He changed his cardigan, <laughs> which I always thought was strange. I was like, why is he, what's, what's with the sweater? It's an outdoor sweater versus an indoor sweater. Well, the first, the first, the first one has blood on it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Did you guys see that movie, by the way, the, the no, Tom okay. Hanks joint? I, just to be clear, I adore Mr. Rogers. I'm probably yeah, like, however, however, whatever you think of me being well-adjusted or not, I, I, I'm there because of him. So, <laughs> so uh, but I can't. So he didn't do all good. He didn't. What, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, he did. There wasn't blood on the card again. Okay. And if there was, it's because he worked. There was <laughs> blood on the cardigan. <laughs> he went to the butcher. That's what you said. That's why there was blood on. Yeah, he was a butcher. Not like Demon Barber or Fleet Street type. No, thing. he wasn't out like 
killing people in the neighborhood. Or- Maybe he was playing Sweeney Todd in a local play. There you go. He's he's he appreciates the arts, mm-hmm, like we do on this podcast, right? Okay, so we we go. We have a montage of Goofy being Goofy and embarrassing Max, despite the fact that there was a commitment that he wouldn't interfere and yada yada. So we we have this embarrassing montage, and there's this song I think called "Everywhere I Go" that's playing over this, right? So we see Goofy embarrassing Max in the cafe, getting too much food. We see him cutting off the video games they're playing and showing. Oh, and then they're at a store, and then Goofy pulls out a pair of Mickey Mouse underoos mm-hmm. in front of the hot clothes sales lady. And finally, uh, when Max offers the seat next to next to him in class to an, another hot brown lady dog, Goofy takes the seat instead, and then she ends up sitting next to BU3. Mm-mm. Not him. Yeah, he's definitely a mortal enemy right now. Uh, in the next scene, Max and Goofy are in the library studying, and Bibi Newworth is the librarian. So she's got to be of some significance. This is like well into like halfway into the movie, and we introduce Bibi Newworth in a straight-to-video Disney sequel. Like she's got to be somebody, right? Who is what she? Uh... So she, hmm. uh, she was in Cheers. She, I uh, think she did some Frasier things. She was Frasier's wife uh, in Cheers. Oh, she her. Was, um, in, in Chicago on Broadway. Yeah, and at the time she did, I mean, now, I mean, I feel like she's probably doing Chicago like at dinner theater or something. But yeah, um, it could be. But I think at the time, yeah, she was at least. She had some street cred in the yeah, late 90s. Yeah, at the time so. she, had, she had some heat at the time. Yeah. Um. So Max uh, Max decides he's going to get Goofy a new library card so he could run off as his friends, like use that as a distraction. And then I was like, wait a minute, Th- is this Goofy's love interest? Like she shows immediate interest in him. Mm-hmm. They have a mutual love for 70s nostalgia. She's got a mood ring. He's like, oh, I can do this 70s thing. And then they start imitating Donald Duck and like dancing around. <laughs> and then the dean walks in with a group of people talking about how great his school is and the librarian is dancing and – Sounding like Donald Duck. It, it was just the whole thing was very strange and very fast. But then she basically asks Goofy out on a date and says goodbye, Goofy, despite the fact they were never actually introduced. <laughs> they just well, this then goes to is he a uh, celebrity? Sure. <laughs> and he is a celebrity in this movie, I mean, but only after. has seen One Night in Pluto. Oh, good point. That's a good point. This is a college campus. It's probably going around. Also, uh, he could have maybe written his name down on the application and she might have glanced at it and noticed that his name was Goofy. Yeah, I figured you'd point some kind of loophole. He might have also glanced at his left hand and realized that he was single because, you know, what single woman mm-hmm. has done that? With Sure. Yeah. Or maybe she's right. a talker. He could have. Maybe could he that. was wearing a name tag that we could Hello, my name is. Yeah. It was his first day. Okay, fine. Anyway, she knows his name. They are on a date after like 14 seconds of dialogue. Um, so then we cut to Max. He's practicing on the half pipe and he's ex- impressing the crowd. Like, wow, where is it? Exactly. Where is it coming from? And then Goofy's like dreamily like, I have a day. And so he dreamily interrupts Max's flow. And because he's Goofy, 
he ends up on the board and does all the tricks and wows the group even more than Max. He does one of these, I'm sure, like, yeah. 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 So Goofy apparently is like a drunken master sort of Mm -hmm. situation where, I don't know, I just wanted to point out that I knew that reference. Yeah, I like that reference. Good Good job. job. I love it. Thank you. You know what? Go ahead and give yourself a little sound effect for that one. <laughs> Thank you. So, so now because of his accidental antics, now Goofy's got the bug for the extreme sports, and he wants to be in the College X Games. And then BU three, that's Bradley Uppercross the third, now wants to recruit Goofy to be on the Gammas. And then Goofy's like, "No, I'm here for my son." And then Max has a plan. He wants Goofy to join the Gammas because he knows that Goofy will be Goofy and screw things up for them mm. and be out of his hair so they can practice. Smart. Yep. So we then cut to a nightclub and the boys are eating nachos. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then we get some flirtation and with the boys and various ladies. And then like there's this dark ominous scene where they cut to the DJ in a booth and like there's knock on the door and everything's in shadow and then like goofy silhouette is like kneeling down hiding and whispers to the DJ to play a per- song and then slips him a 20 or something and then the guy flips through the record player and or the record drawer and blows off the dust off a record and starts playing disco and then I don't know what kind of you're creating this mood like it was sinister, but it was not sinister. It felt it was, sinister. He was in shadow the whole time. It was it was uh, it was sneaky. It was kind of um, it was like mischievous, fun, sneaky, happy, not like evil intent, sneaky, killing. Sure, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. And and he absolutely rocked the house. He's got it's this whole Saturday Night Fever scene. I love. And- the scene. Yes. Animation is good- so good. The strobe light effect was so cool. Like yeah. that's just it, it was like one of those cool moments where it's like, wow, you can do all this with animation? No way. And they did. Yeah, there was one little shot. It was a couple of CG shots where everybody's sort of dancing in line. But yeah, it was a good scene. It was fun, but it was goofy being smooth. Yeah. It was just weird. totally not on brand. Yeah. Because he's element he was in his 70s element which is irrelevant to the current time period in the movie but but it was fun to see goofy confident confident goof it was and miss marple who's the librarian his date she was digging it um so after the club goofy and miss marple continue outside they're still dancing there's some nonverbal flirtation goofy's shy What's that? Sensual fingering. Yes. Yeah. Then they like, uh, there's some nonverbal flirtation. Goofy's shy. And then Marple's real forward. And then to ease the tension, their fingers dance, right? Mm. Little finger, little this, fingering. This movie is so horny. It totally <laughs> is, right? And then and then their mood rings start to glow. Yeah. And then they, they tell each other this is the best night of their lives. And then they. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna take so long to edit. <laughs> they totally did, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the first date, too. That's first date. Like 
I, Hey, I met you 10 seconds later. We're, we're going on a date. The next day we go on a date and then we totally. Exactly. <laughs> That's going to be the edit, by the way. <laughs> you do a lot of heavy petting. <laughs> <laughs> Doggy style. Oh, uh, yeah, so then there's another montage, and Goofy and Marple flirt. Max outshows BU3. Goofy gets in- initiated by the Gammas. BU3 shows up Max and crew. Blah, blah, blah. Goofy tries LSD. <laughs> oh, God, does he ever? Does Go he? I, it's been too long since I watched this. I, I oh. do remember the frat, the, the frat scene being like, it's like satanic-ish. <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Brad, they must have slipped him LSD because during midterms, whew. They yeah. Give, they give Brad such, uh, I like that his facial expressions, they're all hyper animated and just like really stretchy instead of kind of static. He's, he's, his face is so. Very stretchy. He's got a jaw that goes on for miles. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so now it's time for the qualifying round of the X Games, right? The Gammas decide to have Goofy go first, and the Gammas add rockets to the back of Goofy's skateboard. Now, Goofy does Goofy, and with the aid of the rockets, he nails it. So this is where I write, so his last name is Goof? What is his name? Goofy Goof? Or is it like Steve Goof? Richard. Anyway, we already covered it. Richard Goof. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, uh, no, so that's fine. Cool it's actually GG Goofy in parentheses Goof. GG? GG. Like GG Allen? Like G period, G period, quotation mark, Goofy, quotation mark, Goof. Uh, so it could be like Gregory George Goofy Goof. It's possible. Okay. That's what it is. Gregory George. Um, all right. So then it's Max's turn. He doesn't do very well. The 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 gammas kind of cheat a little bit, but now Goofy's a campus hero, and Max is Max is totally dejected. And in a similar turn of events, Max has now outgrown Goofy and wants space, while Max is growing up and wants his space. Mm. Right. So now it's midterm time, midterm for semester. Uh, the rest of this movie goes very fast. <laughs> we go from- <laughs> Midterm first semester to midterm second semester in about four minutes. Um, so Goofy opens his test and finds question number one. This is my favorite. Question number one, briefly describe the meaning of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> first question. So then he does his LSD and he has this totally psychedelic daydream. He's got flashbacks of all the setbacks and metaphors for his loneliness. And it goes on for a little while, right? Um, then he comes to the test is over and he doesn't finish. So he is so dejected. He stands up his girlfriend on their date. He's now back with Pete in the backyard on the grill somehow, like in real time, I guess this is like winter break, but it's not cold where they live. Cause I I guess they live in Los Angeles. You you mean like Pete? This is real. This all happened in the movie. Like he was cooking goofy on the grill. Yes. Okay. No, so Pete's grilling. Goofy's there lamenting all of his problems. And Pete then tries to explain something to Goofy using a horseshoe metaphor. And then Goofy is like, oh, he totally remembers. He needs focus. So he does his horseshoe bit. Out of my focus. 
Exactly. Lost sight of his focus. So he shoots his, his horseshoe and then he's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure out my, gotta get my grades up. I gotta get rid of the gammas and I gotta, I gotta connect with my son. So we're back to campus. Now Max is sad. He's like, he's recognized by somebody on the street. He's like, yeah, I'm Max. He's like, no, you're Goofy's kid. So then he goes to the coffee shop where Bobby, Polly Shore, muses, this is wonderful. Do you ever wonder why we're always wearing gloves? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, is this like an existential like thing or is he on drugs? Like, I hate that they gave that to Polly Shore yeah, because totally. it got lost on that character. But it's such a good mm-hmm. observation because some, some of the characters don't have gloves. Some do. Right. What does it mean? What? Who gets the gloves? Who doesn't? What? What situation do they have the gloves in? It's a caste society, and the gloves represent people at the upper crest or something. Or, yeah, right. you notice all the dogs have gloves. The cats mm. don't. Oh. I think Pete, Pete has gloves. I know. I'm just oh, right. yeah. Uh, so yeah, at this point, Max has decided that school is only big enough for one goof, and he has decided to transfer. And on his way out of the door, the 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 hot scat lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's me the after beep. a few cups of coffee myself. <laughs> so the beat poet lady who is now in love with PJ, along with his friends, convinced Max to say, and they are reinvigorated. All right. Getting to the end. Back in the library, Sylvia Marple is mad at Goofy for standing her up through through his dejection he apologizes he's learned his lesson she forgives him he needs to raise his grades quit the games and get the sun back so now we have a training montage which is like a an exercise rocky kind of training montage all under the guise of learning so he's doing like curls with books and stuff (laughs) he's doing one-arm push-ups while reading and having her on his back so yeah i don't know what I don't know. I think stuff like that clues me in that like at least someone on the writing staff knew the movie that they were making, you know, like, yeah. And I appreciate those moments because it's completely absurd. It's stupid, but like in a good way. And if the whole movie were like that, I think the problem, the problem with these movies is that like, why did, Goofy shouldn't be a main character ever unless it's like in one of those shorts where he's, you know, failing at doing something. You make a really interesting point that it it doesn't find enough of a line between the wacky Goofy short, Mr. Magoo accidental success sort of thing and realistic action where he then is, you know, in his element, he's a hero or whatever. It's just, it's just, it's two different things and they don't work together. Yeah. In some ways, it treats the reaction to who that person is and what, for example, like what it would be to be that person's son. They treat that mm-hmm. kind of realistically, but then, kind of, yeah. but they don't really treat how it would be to be that person. Like it's, he's a cartoon. He should be a cartoon. And then when we get to a place where it's like, you know, he's going to be like smooth and stuff. It's like, no, this is not have another yeah. character yeah, do that. I feel like you guys are taking it way too seriously. Well, that's the show. Oh. That's the podcast. 
<laughs> have, you not, have you not been recording these? Are you the tw- you're the twin. This is Audrey's twin. <laughs> oh, it's very strange. Fooled us again. I knew it. No, um, I mean, like it, it. It it's not distracting. It's not, mm. and I I mean I hear you when you say it's kind of like too. You know they can't find one single voice of Goofy. Like what is he? But I think it. It makes him feel more fully fleshed to me than otherwise just being like a short character, you know, like a. a, a- It depends on if there's consequences or not, because the the point is that he's he's in this he's having a very serious moment. He apologizes to his girlfriend who he really upset because he stood her up. He has a sincere, genuine apology. He's got his head between two books. He can't get them out. And he destroys the whole freaking library. Like, is there no consequence to that? Like, how come there's a consequence to him standing her up, but there's no consequence to him destroying a library? That's, I think, the point. I get your point. I I get what you're saying. I think I'm... Hmm. <laughs> and yes, we are absolutely overthinking it, but that's what this <laughs> podcast is. I, I, I think if you're going to have... You don't need to have two main characters in the form of Max and Goofy. You can just have Max and have Goofy be Goofy. And I think that I think totally you have a stronger story arc there if you're not constantly fighting the fight of okay, how can we make Goofy relatable? When that's the the joy of the character is that he's relatable but only in the sense that like he kind of represents what we fear capitalism wants us all to be and, and sure. feel, you know? Well, and I think the first movie did that really well. It, it, it didn't humanize, well, it humanized Goofy, but Max was kind of the main, he he's the straight man and yeah, Goofy's his this story. wacky. Yeah. 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 And this one just, it, it made Goofy, it gave him too much of a sincere, no consequences with consequences kind of arc. They're blending the, the, emotional consequences with the physical lack of consequence. Right. So which one is it? It's both. Okay. That's the point. Um, Anyway, so have the whole training montage and then all of a sudden it's midterms again. It took longer for us to get from those two points in the story. (laughs) Took less time in the movie than it took us. Just to give you an idea how quickly that (laughs) was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. second, Second semester midterms, Goofy gets all A's. Check. That's down. Then he goes to the Gammas to quit the Gammas. And with some fight, they kick him out. Right? They're like, you don't quit us. We quit you. And they kick him out. Yeah. Um, so then he's like, oh, I'm done with that, but I got to return my pen. So he, he's got to return his Gamma pin, and he overhears them colluding on their plan. He's like, what are we going to do? We're going to cheat like we always do, Whoa. like we did the last time. <laughs> And that's the first thing you go to. How are we going to win? Um, but just as BU3 is about to give the plan, like, here's how we're going to do it. Goofy then leaves and goes to warn Max. It's now the finals. And he's like, hey, Max. Maxie. Maxie. We're going to trade. And, uh, but oh. Maxie doesn't want to hear anything about it. By the way, he says this one time right before <laughs> Max goes out. He says they're trying to cheat. And then later, Max is like, this is what my dad's been trying to tell me. <laughs> anyway, um, like it's the whole movie he's been trying to say. It. He finally gets it. Anyway, uh, so that Max needs to focus on the semifinals. He can't deal with this. The first event, Bobby and the Rock Climb. 
So here, the gammas cheat by removing the supports, like the little handles you grab onto on a rock wall. They pull them out. and Did they all find the time to train in rock climbing? I don't know. I thought they were just skateboardsmen. Evidently, they're, they're just extreme. Yeah. Well, as a former extreme athlete myself, I can tell you that... You- <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah. I can tell you that once you can really shred on the board, mm-hmm. you know, then mm-hmm. you can you can basically shred like on the rocks. And you know, it's like it's just really about like just about shredding. Yeah. Yeah. Evidently at the sound of this guitar now. What? Mm-hmm. I was making a Pavlov's dog joke. <laughs> yeah, and evidently that also includes street luge, archery, extreme biking, roller rollerblading, roller skating. Yeah, it's it's all of it. <laughs> so in the second event, the street luge. <laughs> when did they the find the is- time to train in a luge event? Mm-hmm. Exactly, because once you're shredded. Well, it's it's just it's just once you get the shred on one 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 of the one of the finer arts forms of the shred, of the shred, shreddage, then you could basically just shred all the shred. Hey, do you guys remember that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where Shredder's the bad guy? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, so in the street luge, uh, they, the game is cheat by rolling out a bunch of marbles in the street. <laughs> and it's done by hitting the side of a mailbox and a bunch of marbles come out. But Max makes it anyway. And then in the archery, they cheat. And that cheat affects the off-road bike race. But PJ makes it anyway. So final event, the Gammas versus Max and the team. And they start out on the half pipe. As they start... The Gammas add rockets to PJ's skates, yeah. and he, like, flies away, and then they're disqualified because they don't have three players, right? So Gammas are going to win because they have three, and Max's team does not. Um, so then Max goes on, like, the big screen on the blimp to recruit Goofy to come be the third so that they compete. And then through a series of cheats, like adding grandma, like a grandma in the street with a boy scout walking across the street to distract. Like there's that. And then they divert the course on another one by calling out Mickey mouse. Like, Hey, there's Mickey mouse. He's famous in this world. Uh So everybody looks the other way to try to find Mickey. And they divert the course of the street luge. And, and for some reason they diverted the course so that Max and his team go off course while the other team goes on the course and that diversion off course is a shortcut. <laughs> so they end up being in front of the gammas. I, I just don't think they thought it through. Yeah. The gammas um, have, have a very, I feel like they have such a, a, a rich and robust skill set that like they could be doing a lot with like yeah. these, these skills that they have. It, it's like, yeah. it's sort of like when I, it's like when I think about the, the saw movies, it's like, God, this guy could be doing so much with these, with this immense skill set that he has anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like they're well, no they're clearly well connected. They have access to yeah. like all sorts oh, of yeah. like city, uh, like planning stuff. They, they, they know how to get inside of the rock wall They they got inside of the mailbox. Yeah. 
That's right. They got an old yeah, lady. Like, yeah, yeah. those aren't cheap. A beer. Yeah. So I think if they harness their evil for, for other things, they could be, um, never mind. Uh, okay. So almost done. We're in the final stretch. Goofy messes things up because, you know, he's goofy. And so Bradley upper crust, the third gets hurt and he's going to cheat by putting rocket skates on Max's skateboard. And then before he can hit the button to initiate the rocket on, on uh, Max's skateboard, Goofy stops him with his horseshoe skills mm. that he had in his pocket. Um, and he throws the horseshoe, which hits BU3, and he passes out, but his chin lands on the button that makes the oh. rocket launch go. And then Max runs into Brad Garrett, and then they crash into the <laughs> giant X. Like they crash in the giant X of the X Games thing and it collapses in a fiery and fear inferno. Exactly. And Max is okay and he's about to get out and win when he hears Brad Garrett calling for help. Max does the right thing and he saves him. But then Bradley Uppercrust third uses this opportunity, bypasses his buddy and goes across the finish line. And then Goofy who comes after Max to try to save Max, all three of them, Max, Brad Garrett, and Goofy, all emerge from the giant Inferno X. They, and then they catch up, and Max catches up to Upper Crest the third. He crossed the finish line first. Brad Garrett says to Goofy, <laughs> that's, some, that's some kid you got there. And then Goofy corrects him and says, nope, he's not a kid anymore. Just just to clarify, they actually did animate the actor Brad Garrett in this movie and put him in this this world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but this is a touching moment because this this is the lesson of the of the movie, right? He's not a kid anymore. That's what Goofy's come to this realization. You know, you've got a good kid there because he did the right thing. He's not a kid anymore. Max then accepts his trophy, and Brad, uh, sorry, Bradley Upper Crust the third congratulates him. It's a big man. He's going to live up to his bet of being Max's towelboy. Max then forgives the debt, but points out that he's going to have to deal with Tank, who's Brad Garrett's character. He has to deal with him because he abandoned him. And then Tank says, one of my favorite lines in the movie, you're going down like a four cent pair of socks. Like a what? Give me a minute. It took me a minute. You're going down like a four cent pair of socks. Because they're poorly constructed. They're going to go down. Yeah. That is not that phrase before. Let's also not overlook the the gripping subplot of the two announcers vying for Oh, I didn't get into that, but you're absolutely right. There's a parallel between Tank and BU3. Big, beefy announcer guy who's like uh, ESPN1 for sure. He's like in a blimp and confident and, okay, here we go. And then the little announcer guy is on the ground. And he's kind of meek and mild mannered, and he finally gets his his cup his his moment come up and it's come up and come up. And yeah, I've written that down because the blimp, I think, doesn't it pull a Hindenburg and burst? Well, into- yeah, kind of. Literally, what happens is Tank takes Bu three by the shorts, like a like a like a, a slingshot. Right. slingshots him up into the blimp, which then presumably cl- crashes into a fiery inferno, inferno mm-hmm. and they all die. There are scenes throughout where the, the big announcer 
literally pushes, they have a, a swipe screen, like a sh- split screen. And he literally pushes the screen <laughs> and the little guy off. Um, yeah, it's a fun subplot. But yes, everybody gets their comeuppance. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Um, it's now graduation day. And Max gives Goofy as a present for graduating, because Goofy's now graduated. Uh, he gives Goofy the X Games trophy as a gift. Mm-hmm. And the inscription reads, I may not be your little boy anymore, but I'll always be your son. Oh. Yeah. It was very touching. Again, cry. my children when I saw them. Did you cry? Uh, a little. Was Aww. that the first time you hugged your children? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're little monsters. <laughs> I hope you would. Absolutely. I think you should probably sanitize everything now, right? Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. I haven't hugged him since March. Is Max is Max in the Kingdom Hearts series or just Goofy? Ooh, is he? I never played it. Yeah, I never got into it at all. I'm gonna it's something I would like. I'm gonna look that up because I am a little kid. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit's in there. He was a trade for uh, Al Michaels. <laughs> That's true. That's You're like true, Oswald yes. the Obscure Rabbit. So Miss Marple rides up and Goofy tells Max, Max invites Goofy back to the dorm. There's all you can eat pizza. Um, and, uh, and so Goofy's Marple rolls up in her like 50s convertible and Goofy says, Max, I have other plans. Mm. And so he then gets in the car. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to that. Yes. He surprises Max by telling him he got a job right there on campus so he can be closer to Max. And then Max starts to sweat and uh, 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 and Goofy says, just kidding. And he rides off. And then Max smiles and says, he's so Goofy. Mm. We end with Goofy and Miss Marple trading sexual innuendo and they really get each other. Like they just understand each other and they ride off into the sunset. The end. Yeah. So, Dan, you were saying. I just remember watching this movie, and it's the first time I en- when I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it far more than uh, Bell's. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Um, but I actually paid that movie caught like kept my attention more, maybe because I just hated it so much. Um, mm. This one, right. it's like it had good moments. It's like it's it's well animated. It's all like great voice <laughs> acting. I don't. It's 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 like lesser than the sum of its parts, which is really weird to me. Absolutely, that that's a very good way of putting it. Um, I know Audrey liked these movies, so I'll I'll leave her to to sum it up. But I think that for me. It was just a departure, but because it was so incredibly predictable and it was the same mm. exact movie as a Goofy movie with just different scenery, the same arc, the same kind of everything. Pete has a similar role. PJ has a similar role. It's just, it's all just the same. Well, and I get, and what, then they, you, I get what they were trying to do. It's like, okay, it's, it's almost like when Marvel made Ant-Man, it was like, okay, here's this departure where it's just a caper movie and it's no pun intended it's a smaller thing you know and that's part of the charm of it and i think that with this one it's it's the intent is is kind of a similar thing where it's just like well why don't we just make a comedy 
And they clearly borrowed from other comedies like Revenge of the Nerds and Vacation yeah. and, yeah. and Better Off Dead. Like you can see them pulling from these places to the point where I just kind of want to see them just flat out remake one of those movies with these characters Kooky and max yeah you know yeah there's a lot of uh, college you know college dramedies comedies there's saturn and i fear there's a lot of callbacks to things but mm-hmm. yeah it never really found its own voice yeah. i think is the point but audrey take us out uh you know how they say that people with anxiety like to rewatch things because it gives them a sense of like uh calmness that they can predict the next thing that happens because oh, wow. they've already seen it sense. Maybe mm. that's maybe that's why I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally relate to that because I watch the same thing over and over again for just comfort. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's obviously not um, chewy and tough to get through with your brain. It's like this is a McDonald's cheeseburger and fries, and I know it's not great for me, but it's just what I want right now. Is that what we're having for dinner tonight? No, I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. Um, if you must know, we're going to have my dad's cheesy potatoes, which is not so much of a recipe as a as a way of life. Because <laughs> um, my dad's not much of a, a cook, really. He he's he knows how to flip meat on a grill. Um, but this this particular dish is potatoes, uh, Jarlsberg cheese, so Swiss, yeah. which is really bland in my opinion, but it works really well in this dish. Red pepper flakes, red onions, and you just throw all of that together in a big baking dish and you bake it until it's hot and bubbly. And I think mm. the cheese is is great because, you know, cheese. Uh, like that's a, a little, <laughs> it's a little yeah. munchkin that's sprinkled through this movie. And I don't know, it's my dad's, it's my dad's thing. It makes me think of my dad and I would probably eat a plate of it right now if I could. It sounds like a it's classic a very- like dad dish. Yeah, it's totally. Like leftovers from the fridge, way yeah. too much black pepper and cheese. Yeah. It's just like yeah. a bowl of here's I like this here, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, it's very yeah, and- it's uh, super unfussy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mine is uh, potatoes, stick of butter, two cans of cream of chicken soup, mm. a pint of sour cream, yeah. two cups of cheese. Wow. Um, yeah, so with Dad's Potatoes, we are going to have a beer pairing, and that is going to be a Corona Hard Seltzer. <laughs> it's, a, it's a familiar brand, and on paper, you you know, should be exactly what you expect. And then when you taste it, it's it's okay, but then it just gets really weird, and you're like, this is just weird. But you drink it anyway, because, you know, it does what it's supposed to do. Mm, hmm Gets you Um for the musical selection i've i've uh, selected a little song uh by a rock rock'n'roll roll band called the killers um and it them. is a little something called mr brightside now stay with oh. me on this um Love it. it's satisfying it's satisfying and there's a lot of in the perfect music What's that? Perfect in credit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, it fits the aesthetic. It fits the like the time period. This this is to me like very much of that time, and it's also super super derivative. And um, 
vapid and there's nothing to it and but they have just enough in there to make you think that there might actually be something there but the closer you get the less rewarding it is because here's a so this song is about a guy who is uh paranoid about a relationship and he's going through he's having physical reactions and you know sitting there and just worrying and it just so happens that one mr david bowie did this song and it's about the exact same thing it's called queen bitch they're better and quite a tongue yeah and um so he's gay yeah well there's even there's even some direct lifts where this song which was written in 1971 or 72 and there's even parts where he talks about there's a taste in his mouth but there's no no taste at all um mr brightside is basically a rewrite of that song. I don't know if it's it original is. or not. I think it probably is because um, totally. Yeah, I'm caught in a cage and I'm doing just fine. I'm gonna be trying. I, yeah, it's yeah. Bowie song yet or before, but I, I like it much more than Mr. Brightside. Yeah, and Mr. Yeah, Brightside but you, like you said, it's song. derivative. Yeah, and it's 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 a fine song. I understand why people like it, but then um, it's it's kind of just trash. Very well done, guys. Mm. Very well done. A one another wonderful episode. I love what we're doing here. I think yes, we are overanalyzing, but it's also <laughs> a lot of fun. Do we and do we care to consider a sequel to this movie? I think it's called "He's So Goofy." <laughs> Okay, that I I like where you're going with this. What what what's the movie? That's all I got. <laughs> no, I think I think there's something there. I was actually going to do something silly and say like I want to see them remake like Porky's or something, but um I think you might be onto something. He's so goofy what? and it's yeah, like and it's Max- an exploration of his new his new relationship with Miss Marple. Oh, okay. Okay. And relationship and max is kind of he shows up he's you know they're buddies now goofy's got his new job maybe he's the dean at the school wow yeah well and you can have if you have a more solid like a more solid second character in the form of mrs marple then Mm -hmm. we can have goofy be goofy again that's true and so he's so goofy it's a serial Right, it's a serialized comedy, situational comedy, where it's just you know short episodes on just what Goofy being Goofy, and they can get back to him being him, right? Because you've got the straight character Miss Marple, and and oh Max my is kind of like Max is kind of like uh, you know the, the guy from Three's Company. What's his name? Uh, Larry. Larry. He's Larry. Um, <laughs> He's Larry. <laughs> I think. Uh, I I think you might have stumbled onto something here because what if like, I mean, it's already derivative. So we've, we've crossed that line, but Mm -hmm. what if we had like on Disney plus or whatever, a 1950s style sitcom called he's so goofy. That's basically Mm -hmm. I love Lucy and goofy is Lucy in black and white. They could even do that. 
but I mean, they wouldn't, they wouldn't need, they wouldn't need to. I mean, it, it's, and they wouldn't even need to hide the reference. It could just be, yeah, that's what we're doing. Absolutely. And then Ms. Marple comes in. Wolfie, I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as long as the writing is good, then that could actually be a good show. I heard he makes a cameo in the season two of The Mandalorian. <laughs> I just read it. I don't know. He's, he's Werner Herzog's boss. That's yeah. right. Oh, did you get the trial? <laughs> what are you doing back in here? I <laughs> forgot to get dead. Dead. A, a large corona. Whatever. <laughs> what, was the, what was the drink that Jimmy. Oh, the Corona Seltzer. Yeah. One Corona <laughs> Seltzer. Werner, um, you goof. Wah, wah. No, okay. I'm trying to do the goofy laugh in Werner Herzog's <laughs> voice. I, I, so, Bob Chapek, <laughs> we know you listen to this show. Yes, Bob. You're, Bobby! You, 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 Bob. New Bobby. Bob. New Bob. Just run with the idea of he's so goofy and just give us like merchandising or something. Yeah. That's it. Or for George Lucas. Quick 180. We get Wes Anderson to do the Royal Tenenbaums, but with Goofy and the rest of the family that exists around Goofy. <laughs> so Goofy's like oh. the Gene Hackman character. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, so before we close it up, close up the old goof bag, um, <laughs> we have the power rankings. Oh, currently, yeah. currently in first place is Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Second place, Lion King 2. Uh, that's Simba's Pride. Um, I'm going to skip over three, and I'm going to move to Pocahontas 2, Journey to the New World is number four. Bell's Magical Christmas is fifth. Return of Jafar is sixth, and Bell's... Bill is in last place, perpetually in last place. Oh, so God, that brings me to worse. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? I'm excited oh, for that. The, I, I, mean, I am too, actually. Cinderella does go back in time at some point. Sweet. <sighs> so Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin, and Goofy 2 sort of tie for me, but they tie on a different list. Yeah. And I don't know what that is, but it's it's like King of Thieves, Lion King 2, and then we kind of agree on the, the last four, but Who's Grand Adventure, Search for Christopher Robin, Goofy 2 feel like anomalies in this, and maybe it's because the animation's getting better. I, I see, don't know. I see what you're saying, and I agree, but I think that we're giving ourselves too much of a – too easy of an out to allow ourselves to have two separate lists. No, I think it's one list. It just feels like a separate no, list. Yeah, so yeah, my, yeah. My question is, is Pooh better than Goofy 2? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm, do we have to rank them? Can we just, oh, it's called the power rankings. I know. For a reason. We can just leave them out onto the side. We can, right, they're off to the side for right now. We can fill them in as we go. I th- mm. Yeah, just parking lot it. You know, just, uh, yeah, just a little. For me, we'll table goof, them. To me, uh, an extreme goofy movie. Um, I think it's lower than uh, Pocahontas two for me. Interesting, but barely. Because mm. they both interesting. 
Pocahontas 2, to me, I I remember feeling like there wasn't really like a story, but there was more of a... Oh, the, they're pretty bland. Just, they're both so... They're both kind of dry. It, it, here's the thing. We, when we're done with this list, we're going to be able to think back with a little bit more... A little more hindsight, a little more nostalgia for what it is that we experienced. So... We're gonna we're gonna parking lot those items to Audrey's mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. They are in the parking lot. Our next episode is going to be Buzz Lightyear of Star Command: The Adventure Begins, straight to video Disney prequel. Whoa! Ooh. Is that yes. CGI or is it hand drawn? Of course. Okay. Um, All right. The, is the 2000 advent, uh, American direct to video animated film using traditional animation. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's it his. Acts, it's his TV show. Uh, sure, but it's a, a film. It acts as the first three episodes, yes, to a television series, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, and a spinoff of the Toy Story franchise. Right. Cool. Yeah, so because the is- Toy Story movies are CG because they're, and I'm doing air quotes, in the real world, and this mm. is like the TV show that Buzz Lightyear the the action figure like this is this is the this is the ip that the the character we end up connecting to and loving uh comes from does that make sense yes so is in the real world referenced here or is it just the tv show i think it's i i don't know but i i'm imagining i think it's probably like this so in the world of, of toy story we're imagining that there is this cartoon uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is not on Disney Plus. Our next <laughs> oh film is no. going to be <laughs> if we can find it, we'll do it. If not, it's Little Mermaid Two: Return what to the, the Sea. What the hell, Disney Plus? <laughs> Maybe we yeah. should look this up before we record the no, next episode. No, I like this. All right, <laughs> Little Mermaid: uh, Ariel's Beginning is another one. Little Mermaid Two: Return to the Sea is on Disney Plus, and it will be. If not the other one, it'll be. Ooh, then there's the Little Mermaid Live. Ooh. Now it's not straight to video, but it's that musical they did. Yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah. We should definitely watch those. Uh, and then Little Mermaid 2 Ariel's Beginning comes later. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I want to acknowledge our other shows on our podca- podcast network. That's The Supreme Resort, Ears Up, Ears Up in Depth, Banter, Beskar, and Bantha Milk. And Scraping the Vault, of course, you're listening to, I think that's Let's make up another one. <laughs> uh, tacos and tequilas. Tacos and starring yeah. mm-hmm. starring Terrence. Uh, um, Disney kids, where are they now? Oh, that'd be good. What the hell, Disney Plus? California <laughs> theming, where we explore themed uh, California roadside attractions, and then hosted by can... Heel Hazard. <laughs> improvised improvised stories from working behind the scenes at Disney because I imagine there's like a lot of hijinks that occur in the secret tunnels. Hi, welcome Uh, to California theming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Cool. Uh, So we've got we've got Ears Up Podcast, which is about Disneyland. We've got the Supreme Resort, which is about Disneyland, Disney World, which is better. We're talking about a Disney World exclusive show uh, to round it out, but we'll see. I also want to acknowledge our travel (laughs) partner. Also, it's not our call to make. No, but you know why not? Yeah, neither is uh, the California theming. California but- theming with me, Neil <laughs> Hauser. 
Our travel partner, Concierge, I went to Disney World this last weekend. It was a very unique and surreal experience, but anything I needed, I could call a Concierge and they could take care of it for me. I encourage you to do the same. Make sure to mention us when you book so that uh, they know that you're uh, listening to us. And then they shower us with treasure. Um, <laughs> you can contact us. So I many doubloons. <laughs> Golden <laughs> showers. Rubies. Golden showers from concierge. Oh, God. <laughs> Please give us golden showers. Book with concierge. Uh, you can contact us at jimmy at earsup-podcast.com. That's ears with a Z. Uh, Dan at earsup-podcast.com. Yeah. If you want to contact Audrey, that's Dan at earsup-podcast.com. <laughs> or you if can you, hire an airplane with the smoke thing and, you know, he's sky right to me. Sky right at Audrey at <laughs> San Diego.com. Yes. Just over the um, greater San Diego metropolitan area, I'll probably yes. see it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, Eric uh, at uh, E. Johnson at concierge.com. Follow Jeremy at Spectro Radio. I listen to Spectro Radio a lot. It's wonderful. If you like Disney parks, movies, and whatnot, it's a great station at spectroradio.us. Kathy Lee Gifford is Kathy underscore Lee underscore Gifford at earthlink.net. Wilford Brimley is W. (laughs) Brimley at. AOL.com. Santa Claus is at the North Pole. At North Pole. Scott Bayo can be. Oh, guys. Oh, my God. I'm watching Cobra Kai right now. It is wonderful. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I watched That's it. That's Scott Bayo, but. Saw it when it came out on YouTube Red. Oh, God. It's free. On, well, it's on Netflix now. And I'm just, I am so enamored of this show. It's the worst, but it's also. <laughs> All the nostalgia and it's there's just all these nuances and like the bad kid is trying to befriend Daniel and then the good kid is Cobra Kai and oh, I just oh, there's so much intrigue. Anyway, so that's uh, Cobra Kai at Netflix.com. <laughs> CC uh, Bob yeah. Chapek. <laughs> that's that's new bob, new bob at disney.go.us.gov.go disneyland.goagain.askjeeves.go.com all right enough let's go again it's g-o-a-g-a-i yes, exactly god i need to anyway. i need to turn a light on it's gotten so dark i feel all right at at Spectro underscore radio for both Instagram and Twitter for Jeremy. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Take us out, Dan. And remember. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Until next time. Let's see this right. right. Okay. Take two. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Until next time. Be kind. Be kind. And rewind. Yeah, the time we long, guys. Get it? <laughs>
games only. Password. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, I'm going to double check that the door is locked because of the naked homeless people. <laughs> Have you, what? Yeah. Like, do, they wa- do they help themselves to the building? Well, They're just fully naked. You see, like, shirt cocking? This lady comes in to the dojo and she's wearing panties. Oh, and an open just? blouse. Oh, my. She's probably, I would guess, looking for a place to do, you know, the math or whatever. She seemed happy <laughs> and harmless. And I kind of just peeked my head out and I'm like, hi. And she gave me this really, like, nervous but happy, like, probably drug-induced happy but still happy. It's like, hi! Like, full, like, all all teeth and everything. Oh, and she has all her teeth? As far as I can tell, oh, okay. I think this Maybe is early. This problem. is. I think she's early on her journey into yeah. uh, what can happen. And I just, I, I thought, do I call the police? No, I definitely don't call the police. And then I just said, um, "Can you leave?" Like, <laughs> okay. And she just walked out, moseyed on her way. And Audrey, you've been to the dojo, so you know that uh, the baby, the store that buys and sells used babies um yes. next door. Uh-huh. so um they have wait is it a used baby store exactly as far as i can tell okay um <laughs> and uh just realized this is getting recorded and i i they have um they have people sitting outside counting people that go in you know and so I, I looked, I stepped outside and I saw my Touring plans, that's what they call it. Right. I, my, my, uh, I saw my friend, my new friend walk, you know, southward on the, the street that I wasn't, that I'm not going to name. But I, I did in my mind name her the, the mayor of that street. Um, oh, this mayor. is the one with the panties and the open shirt. Yeah. Because when um, you're mayor, you don't need a full. You don't need shit. You don't need a bra. You don't need pants. Right. You don't need buttons. Totally. Yep. So then I, I I turned and I like looked at the girl that's sitting at the table outside, and I said, "Did that happen?" She's like, "Yep." <laughs> so, Do we know her? She's like, nope. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> extreme. All right, let's do an intro. Hmm. I haven't done it in a while. All right. Rock on. But uh, please remind me the talking points. Um, scraping the vault. Scraping the vault. You're Audrey. They ask for a suggestion, then you ignore it. Oh, I want to I want to acknowledge the suggestion somehow. <laughs> All right. Roll the tape. Hey, all you 